Hello everyone, this is Leif with Kingdom Family Talk. Uh, it is always an encouragement to know that uh, we as a family of families, we are on a wonderful mission. And part of the things that has been stirring in my spirit lately is to finish well. I meet a lot of people, they start well. And then I meet a few people that finish well. And my goal is that every single person that is out there as beloved sons and daughters of glory, that you are going to live full and one day die empty. I've often shared that one of the saddest things in my heart uh, is when I go on graveyard. And I remember Jennifer, my wife, she loves going to different graveyards and looking at the different graves. And there's things that saddens me in regard to seeing some people that died too young and other ones there you see a family grave or tragic accident. There's different things, but it's a story. But I often thinking about when I'm in a graveyard, I'm thinking about, well, there is that book that was never written. There is that business that was never started. Or there is that movie that was never created. And I started thinking about so much of potential that is still left in this graveyard. I believe the graveyard is the richest place in the world where you're seeing all of those things that could have been but was not. And then I was thinking even earlier today, just I was in Chile, South America earlier, where actually was during the day when Billy Graham, that was last year when Billy Graham died. And as I was there... It probably was because the leader there, Roger Cunningham, was just with me in Mississippi. But that morning when Billy Graham died and we got the text and something just happened, it was a grievance in my spirit because I knew one of these fathers that had carried and had carried the gospel so well. And then it was the joy seeing Billy going up to heaven and seeing this large cloud of witnesses. And there you saw people from different nations. And one moment I saw like a picture of all these Koreans and thank you, thank you, Billy. And then I see other people when he was in Russia or the people in Norway. And it's all over the world, the places that he went and he brought that gospel. And then I thought about as part of the wisdom series that I'm working on, uh, that the blessed are the ones that, or, or wise is the ones that win souls. So the wisdom of win, winning souls. And Billy Graham, he was one of those that finished well. And then I was thinking another story as I was just reflecting. And that is John seventeen four, which is one of my life verses. And it says, Father, I have glorified you on earth. And I have finished everything that you call me to do. Wow. So Jesus lived such a lifestyle of glory. And then he finished everything, everything that he was called to do. So that's part of what is burning in me, even with the text that we're going to look at. I just want you to live full, just like Jesus, and then one day die empty. Meaning that you're taking the time when you are finished, you have finished everything that God called you to do. And you're leaving a legacy to the next generation. So you, you're going to continue to going on because of the fullness of life that you experience. So life is a wonderful, wonderful gift. And that, that what we do with that gift is actually one of the ways that we honor and releasing who our Papa is, who gave us this gift. A Jesus who paid a price for you to be this gift. And now you fill with the Holy Spirit. It is unlimited what you can do with this one life that he has given you. So arise and shine because your life has come. Little long introduction, but I just uh, sensing 
feeling in my spirit that we're going to be able to have some fun today. And here's this is actually one of more previous messages. Some of the things I've shared in this series has been some of the older ones that I'm bringing back forth in this season. But this one is something that is burning recently. Many of you know that I carry memory stones all over the world, meaning when I cannot see and I cannot hear. I always bring forth some of those memory stones, like I have an eagle in the office. You will see me carrying from my first trip to Africa. I have something around my wrist that's a memory stone for that. Uh, I have a picture of Randy Clark when he prayed for me that I carry with me. I have a big rod that I carry with me all over to remind me about the rod of God, laying down my burden and pick up his blessings. So just how to lay it down and how to pick up. That's often with me in hotels, but there's one more new memory stone that I have with me, and that's an arrow. And if you walk into my office and turn around, you will see there is an arrow above my uh, door post. Uh, I also have an arrow in the corner of the office. Then I have an arrow in order I travel with, and I make sure to put it in the suitcase because I'm sure they don't want that on the airplane. And I'm going to explain why, and hopefully that you will have an arrow, and then something is going to capture in you, and I pray that you will just experiencing a brand new passion in life as a result of the message. So let's open up the scriptures, and I will give you a little background, but we're taking the time to read Read some verses together. And this is taken from 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 13, and we start in verse 14. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, and he wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elijah said to him, take a bow, a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Epic till you have destroyed them. Then he says, Take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck. Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elijah died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elijah. And when the man was let down, and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived and stood at his feet. Wow, I love these scripture verses. We have talked a little bit about 
family, we talked a little bit about this very beautiful transfer where we say before the judgment day of the Lord, he's going to send us the spirit of Elijah, a fathering spirit, a forerunning spirit that is going to prepare the preparers of the preparation of what's to come. That's the spirit that John the Baptist came in. It's almost like that bulldozer anointing that is there that is just setting up for the second coming of Jesus in the same way as John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. He set up for Jesus Christ so that when Jesus came there, people would look at him. And Elijah carried some of that. But he says, before the judgment of the land, I'm sending you that spirit, the fathering spirit again. And I'm going to turn the father's and mother's hearts towards sons and daughters. And when I'm bringing the alignment of the generations together and I'm restoring the family, that's what's going to stop the curse that is in the land. Because the whole curse, actually, the whole earth has been cursed. And the world became an orphanage, a worldwide orphanage. That's why Jesus in John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as an orphan, but I will come to you. So that orphan heart and the orphan spirit is actually going to break when the fathering, first the fatherhood of God is coming in because God is a father and God is a family and he wants his family back. But it's also when our hearts, sons and daughters are turned towards father, Papa God, but also spiritual fathers and mothers our own fathers and mothers, when that alignment and the sons and daughters, they will eventually raise up to become fathers and mothers themselves. And when these generation of blessings starts to flow, by the third generation, you will see transformation of cities and nation. And the enemy many times stops after the second. And we know, and we've already talked about the Elijah and Elijah equation. But now when you see the picture of an Elijah later on in the end of his life, and this is part of the reason this was stirring so much. I've talked about, it's not that I'm finished yet, but I am actually now organizing my life. I'm actually setting time aside to say, what is it that by the time there's going to be a funeral of Leif Hetland, I want to be able to make sure that I finish everything that God called me to do, everything that he called me to be. And I'm realizing here, I've often preached, and for years I preached this wrong until I saw this one verse. I said, oh, what if, I said, because here you just have Elijah and Elijah. But why didn't Elijah, and we know there was a few people that he brought into his life, but why didn't he raise up a specific son that could eventually continue to take the very legacy, take this resurrection power, taking this creative miracle, taking that prophetic edge, taking the very thing that his spiritual father, Elijah, had, that he now had steward to the next level. What if there was one? And I first often said he didn't have that. And then I realized in this last verse that we read that even when they buried him, some of these thieves came in and there was a dead body. They throw the dead body in the grave. But that fire, this fire that was still in the bone of Elijah because he was a burning one. You can see that passion until the last moment. Not just to the last moment, but even after they bury him, his bones are still on fire. And it says that when this dead body touched those bones, resurrection life flowed and this person stood his feet and he was raised from the dead. So there's something here that I just, uh, yeah, it just makes me jealous to, to, to many degrees is to live and love in such a way and to see that that fire will continue, not just to start well, but will continue to live well. And by the time I'm gone, that I'm still, that there's going to be this burning fire still in me that is going to continue to spread in to the next generation. So that's my desire and my dream. So here in this story, I think that's a, Beautiful, beautiful picture, what we are seeing. This is the king, King Joash, 
the king of Israel, he came down. And it's interesting that he suddenly realized in the way he honored Elijah. He knew, and he's using the same language, if you remember from the previous session, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. So the way he honored Elijah was the very thing that Elijah had honored in the father. Now he recognized, did you, you, you are the father here. So a son had become a father by this. So father, father, and even the analogy, because he knew he had a double portion because the chariots of fire. So that's how he starts. So when the king himself had recognized, and even in the end when he's coming to him, he recognized who Elijah is. But he also recognized, hey, you've been a son, and you've been a father, and you become a father, and I honor that in you. And if I'm coming to you there with that honor, I will have access. That's what the king was thinking. And I believe that's going to also be very important for us to see that what we honor, we have access. And then Elijah says, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and then we see the story. And here is another thing that I thought was very interesting. There is this battle going on and perhaps you have a battle going on in your life. This king was just recognizing they were actually losing the battle and he needed something from heaven. And that's why he knew the person that was in a relationship with heaven that operate with this spirit of sonship, that has become a father, that had stewarded this thing. He knew, I, I need something here. I need a miracle here. And he came to him. And then here's the interesting thing. Elijah, again, similar like a previous story, he could have said a word or released something, but instead he says, I want you to take. And here it's kind of connected to the tension that we're all living with. And that has to do is sometimes God speaks something and it's up to God to do it. It's the sovereignty of God. And we know that God is sovereign. As an example, uh, the story of Paul, the Apostle Paul, it says that great miracles was performed. So even there with a handkerchief, God was the one that did these extraordinary miracles. But it was through the handkerchief what Paul did that was being used. So it's very clearly that God did one thing, but Paul did another thing. And it's co-laboring with heaven. This is what we're about to see here, that Elijah first said, okay, here is what God has to say. I want you to take your bow and I want you to take the arrow. And then what he does is he puts his hand on it and he pulls it back. And I think this is very important because we have prophetic words over our life. This is where you're going to go. Open up the east window and you're going to shoot. This is what God has called you to do. Or here's what God has called you to be. But then in the next moment, as far according to what the prophetic word says over you, the promises of God is over you. Now the pullback starts. Ah, I don't like that. Many of us, we would like to go far. And had great words, great promises, and God wants greatness over our life. But as soon as God starts to pull back, you cannot go any further than you have pulled back. You cannot go higher than you go deep. And this is part of that process. So what we're seeing here now very clearly that this pullback, he pulls that arrow back now according to as far as this victory is going to be. So when we want that breakdown. When we want that, you need to live with tension intentional. And many of us, we would try to move away tension. On this bow and arrow, there is this tension. There's also tension in a violin if you're going to play it for it to make sound. There's tension in an engine for it to operate. And often what we do is we do not like tension. We remove away the tension and we cannot go as far as God intended for our life for our businesses, for our marriages, for our future and calling. And here's what God is doing with many of us. So that's one of the first 
the principle of pictures I see in this story, that I know that I had these words over my life, and then as soon as somebody prophesies something else, I'm like, whew, that's going to be a big pullback. As soon as I'm hearing about, wow, there's going to be a resurrection Sunday over you, I know that there is a Friday coming between that. And that journey of that and part of this whole preparing the arrow and making sure that you are in alignment for the assignment of all of that and what God do in that process. So that's a a beautiful part of the journey in life. So I'm just encouraging you uh, to not be frustrated when the pullback goes on and especially when he's calling you to go far. Do not be afraid that he takes you into some of those places because when you go into those places in the future, when there has been the proper tension pulled back, you're being tested. Then in the next moment also you will have the testimony when you be forward. So according to the level of the testings, the pullback has to do also with a kind of a testimony that will change the atmosphere when you hit your target. But it didn't stop there. The next part of this assignment was now what I want you to do. I know that you need some victory over Syria. So I want you to take, here's an arrow, and I want you to strike the ground. I do not like when I receive that instruction because the first part of the instruction is kind of a clear. But the second part of this instruction is, I like it better if God says, Leif, I want you to go to Pakistan. And here's what I want you to do in Pakistan if there was a clarity on it. But when I realized that, no, life, you have an arrow in your hand and I want you to strike. Now, it's up to me how much I want to strike. And many times we do not realize in that. He, he's just saying, hey, here, you want a victory? Here is an opportunity. Here is the arrow. Take an arrow and strike the ground. What we're reading about here with this king, he took those arrow and he was striking one striking it too. And the third time he striked, he got his victory. And some of us, that's what we do, is we just do what is needed to get by. Get our victory. But Elisha himself, this is something that frustrates me a little bit, to be honest with you, because this king was obedient. He did it exactly. He honored the prophet. And now in the next moment, the king didn't tell him how many times he needed to strike. He striked according to what he believed. But now the prophet is angry at him. And I believe the reason for that, because Elijah himself was not the three-strike guy. And neither are you. I realize I'm not the three-strike guy. I'm not just going to do what is needed to get by. I'm not going to just get enough breakthrough for today. I'm not going to just continue to do what is. And that's what he did. He just did what was needed so that in the next moment he got those victory. But what about if we strike for the next generation? What if we strike for the future? What if we continue to strike, not just so we get these temporary victory and then ooh, it's over and then we need to start all over again because we didn't get eternal victories in some of the things that God called us to do and he called us to be here on earth. And Elijah himself, he was not a tree as I say, he didn't strike three times. If you're watching his life, I mean, this guy had done a bonfire. He, he, he went and kissed and hugged his mama and papa goodbye. He had been on this long journey with a father. He had been tested in every area. He could have shortcut different things. But he was like, no, no, I'm going to continue to strike. And then eventually even he got this double portion anointing. And now he has lived a life himself by continuing to strike. And he has seen now the, the very thing the father did. He has seen a double portion anointing. And now in the 
end of his life, he's still on fire and he's still burning. And there is nothing lukewarm about it. There's still that fire burning in him. So when this king comes, he sees it. Oh, one, two, three. I got it. Thank you, prophet. That was very nice, kind. We got the victory here. And he is like on the inside. Why didn't you continue? Said, what about if you have done it five or six times at least? Do you know that Syria would never be the same? Neither would you be the same. The kingdom of life would never be the same. What if you went beyond that what was just needed and you went in there and you had a passion and said, no, 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 I, I, I'm going to continue to strike until this has become a cancer-free zone. No, I'm going to continue to strike as long as there's homelessness in Atlanta. I, I'm going to continue to strike as long as we have human trafficking here. No, I'm going to continue to strike until this racial uh, horrific things is going on in our country until I start to see the unity that the Father God has for us. I'm going to continue to strike until every Muslim know how good Papa God is and how loved they are. I'm going to continue to strike until we have the resources and everything that is needed for Seven Star TV to be able to have the resources to get the good news into that nation. I'm going to continue to strike over Cuba until everything that you promise the people, the fathers that are in heaven today, they pay the price in Cuba and we're raising up sons and daughters that is going to continue to strike until the nation of Cuba will be the very thing that it was called to be in Caribbean, that it was supposed to be like a lighthouse. The rest of the Caribbean will see that's God. And that's what I believe with all of my heart, that we are a family of sons and daughters. This is not from a performance. It is from a passion. It's just a passion and is burning in us. There's this passion because we have received his love and now we are loving and we are going to continue to say, and here is the way I'm living my life and encourage you to live your life. I am going to continue to strike until God says stop. If God says stop, I stop striking. But until then, I will do my part and I will continue to strike and I will do it with passion. I will do it with courage. And that's what I encourage you to do. So I don't know what area in your life that you need breakthrough, but I have an arrow with me. And when I feel I'm tired, I'm about to want to give up here. This has been so long I've had this prophetic word. And then I just take that arrow up and I hit that ground one more time. And I says, no, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until the environment has changed. I'm not going to stop. For some 20 years I've been praying for healing until I am totally healed. And the wholeness, the completeness, the shalom in my body is taking place. I'm not going to stop until all of my family are on fire and they are striking their arrows. I'm not going to stop. And then I take that arrow and I start to strike the ground again. Pick up your arrow and you start to strike the ground and continue to strike and don't stop striking until that eventually by the time you are left here, it's not over even yet because your bones will continue to burn and to be on fire, that the resurrected life of Jesus will still be in you in such a beautiful way that it will bring resurrection life to people. Even if they die, they get to live because they've been in touch with you. God bless you. And just uh, we're going to continue to burn brightly without burning out because we're always burning oil of intimacy with our lover. <laughs>